Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yesterday, he got the text message from Zim that the deal is done. Good morning, Metroplex. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and our Cowboys insider, Bobby Belt. Bobby, you are not buying Rex Ryan at all, even though <clears throat> excuse me, Adam Schefter said yesterday, that the Cowboys reached out to Rex Ryan Sunday morning. On set while doing that show, Super Bowl prep and pregame, they freaking reached out to Rex Ryan Sunday morning when we thought, leaving Vegas, what, on Friday, that this thing was, that was a Friday? Yep. Yeah. So was this a leverage play? Is this trying to get Mike Zimmer to, you know, calm down on his dollar amount? Either way, it is official. Yeah, this is a an opportunity to publicly broadcast your leverage and just talk to Rex Ryan and let Rex, you know, he it's knows, like you know he won't keep his mouth shut. He knows that he's not <laughs> going to keep his mouth shut. He and they and they know that Mike Zimmer's sitting there and he'll hear it and go, oh, okay, maybe maybe wow. I need to take a little bit of a lesser deal, whatever else. This was, if they played around with this, this was going to be an all time flub from them. Not necessarily in the sense of... Why not just go get Rex? Well, so I said this on Twitter. I said that it'd be an all-time flub, and people were like, you don't know that Rex will be better than Zim. I feel pretty confident that Zimmer will be better than Rex, but that's not what I mean by that. What I mean is that they would be willing to play games and sacrifice their first choice in the name of games. That's an all-time Cowboys move, to do some silly stuff like that. So I'm glad they fixed it because they would have had a really tough time coming away from this explaining, why didn't you just get this done with somebody that you had a previous 13-year relationship with and allegedly were really close with? How did you let this fall through? So the, the reporting came out immediately after and was like, oh, look, it was, it was always going to get done. Joneses were back from the Super Bowl. Look, they were busy. That's what this was about more than anything else. But uh, ultimately, I'm glad they didn't screw around with this too much. Mike Zimmer to Ed Werder. Quote, I'm excited and honored to be back with a great organization. I'm thrilled to work with Mike McCarthy, for whom I have had a ton of respect in our NFC North days, and to do anything I can to help the Joneses and the Cowboys. So I was watching uh, NFL Live as this broke, and Marcus Spears was just unmoved. And he played for Zimmer. He said, this does nothing for me in terms of the Dallas Cowboys and the Super Bowl. And to me, I feel completely opposite. Like, if there's going to be something, like the biggest move this offseason, I'm hoping is this. Uh, From an attitude, from a defensive standpoint, from an, an accountability standpoint. Now, maybe they end up going all in. Michael Gelkin will touch on that here in just a second. Maybe they're going to go all in, uh, as none of us in DFW believe that. But I'm hoping this right here is the biggest move that they make. But Marcus Spears was very pessimistic, talked about the 4-3 system, and Dan Orlovsky brought up an interesting point. He said Bye. that, number one, you have to get two really good inside linebackers for this scheme. Okay, that's point number one. But point number two, should we be a little concerned about Trayvon Diggs? Because Orlovsky said this is not a ton of man. And Trayvon Diggs 
is a specialist when it comes to man playing the ball interceptions. What type of zone corner will Trayvon Diggs be in Mike Zimmer's system if he keeps it the same way? That was uh, Dano on ESPN. I uh, Well, this is once again why Dan Orlovsky flamed out in the NFL and doesn't know what the F he's talking about. So uh, you've got first Mark off. Mark Schlereth says his favorite announcer. Um, yeah, and I mean, you, you also heard Schlereth say like, who cares about math? You nerds, I'll drive you into the ground and give you a noogie. <laughs> I love Schlereth. He was great, but it, Orlovsky sucks. So here's the thing. Zimmer is a lot of man-to-man and zone. He mixes both. He uses both. He disguises. He does a lot of different things that are very multiple. The other thing is, is that I would assume Dan would understand that when you play zone, like Diggs does, Diggs gets a lot of interceptions off zone because zone allows you to just kind of play off of the quarterback, read the quarterback. You're playing your zone. You get to read. You get to jump. You get to do whatever. Man, you're more playing directly across from the receiver. You don't get to jump nearly as much. So, I, I mean, I think that there's benefits that Diggs has in both. They have played a ton of man, but, I mean, it's not like – even last year with Quinn playing as much man as he did, I think they had the they were the highest rate in the NFL. He was still, I think, under 50%. Like, they played man like 45% of the time. Yeah, and Zim, like, I mean, Zim has got a history of just molding to the talent. I mean, he did it here when he He's coached done everywhere, the 3-4. Yeah. You know, like, he was not a 3-4 guy. That's what Bill wanted to run. Um, and quite frankly, they didn't even have the personnel to do it when they first switched. No, they had two five foot ten linebackers. Yeah, they didn't really have it, but they made it work. I mean, so I, I think that from that standpoint, uh, it'll be okay. My, you know, my concern with this, and not even a concern, it's just the the hesitancy is is nobody was banging down his door to get him. From what I've heard, right? From, from the, what 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 we've heard, we we've not heard his name thrown about that. But that doesn't mean anything. It could have been he just didn't want to coach. He was only going to coach if the right person called. Um, but that's it. I mean, other than that, I mean, Mike Zimmer is a fine defensive coordinator. Nobody should be upset or think that this just doesn't make sense. So initially, I think when he left the when he lost the Vikings job, I think he wanted another head coaching job. And so I can understand people not wanting to bang down his door to be a head coach. But if he's just changed in recent, you know, like in the the last year and said, I just want to get back into coaching, I'll be a defensive coordinator. I think that does change things. I think teams do value that. We've seen Wade Phillips has been a hot commodity as a defensive coordinator and not as a head coach. So from, I think it's probably similar. From 2014 to 2019, these were the Mike Zimmer defensive rankings in Minnesota. 2014 to 2019, points per game second, yards per play second, efficiency first. 2020, 2021, those numbers went to 27, 29, and 25. So an absolute complete plummet. Points per game went from second to 27. Yards per play, second to 29th, efficiency first to 25th. That's all really exciting. And the fact that he disguises things, that's going to be well, very— Well, except for the end. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not. But, I mean, I'm just saying, in general, like when you look through his history, it's it's nice to see his performance. I think what the bigger thing is here is that if you've complained before about Quinn just has everything static, Quinn just shows you what he's going to do, and, and they play it and they execute it, that's not going to be Zimmer. Zimmer is going to disguise a lot. Now, if you're concerned about— Brian brought this up last night when we were recording Love the Start. If you have concerns about the, oh, man, they have struggled teams with motion because they get confused and they have trouble communicating, well, they're going to have to communicate a whole hell of a lot more now because this is a lot of disguise and a lot more pressure on their plate on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the biggest thing here, more than scheme or anything else that I'm excited about, is I think this team had outgrown the arm around the shoulder approach. This defense doesn't need the like, hey, buddy, why, why are you down? You, you want to talk about this? They've, they've moved past that. 
what they need now is somebody's going to come in here and go like, no, get your ass in gear. You you need to you this needs to be right. And Darren Woodson had told them, you know, we played the clip, told G Bag last week. He's like, this is not a guy that I was buddies with when I was playing. He was a hard ass, and he's like, but I respected him, and I I, I have a really deep friendship with him now. And I think again, as I brought up last week, the biggest. The biggest example I can give of this is the kind of guy that can reach anybody is that the two different personality types of Darren Woodson and Deion Sanders both love him the same sort of way. Well, that brings up my my little worry now because I'm going to give props to Tolo Frankie J. He oh. was watching lifted, Gil. Higher than a ceiling. <laughs> hey, is that Frankie? That's J? Frankie J. Yeah. If um, if this if this clip rings true. Maybe this is going to blow up in our face a little bit. He was watching G-Bag with Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. And they and they asked the two Cowboys, really specifically Gilmore, and Cooks played for Belichick, right? Yep. He was yes. one year. Absolutely. Asked, asked them both, how stunned are you that Belichick is not coaching? And just listen to their answer with the New Age National Football League and how that may apply to Mike Zimmer's coaching. I'm so surprised just because, I mean, I was with him for five years, and, like, he was one of the smartest coaches I've ever been around, the smartest coach, especially defensively, you know, is I, I wouldn't be the player I am today without, you know, him teaching me, him changing schemes, him telling me how to play a certain receiver. And, you know, I'm, I'm very surprised, but I just think he's just too real sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes – New air, yeah. New air. Can't take players, it. Play, the players today can't take that. Is that nah, a problem for the new guys? These they can't take man, it. I mean, I, man, it, it, it's gonna be tough. The more yeah. and more this nil stuff is going on, in which I, I mean, I love for the guys. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but right. it's gonna be tough because you know when I grew up like man, you don't talk back. Well, you're right? stocked in California. You, know, you, know, you, you, you talk back. You, you know, know what I mean. Work, yeah. So that's what it's all about, blue collar workers, right? And, it's going to be tough, I feel like, for all these coaches to kind of navigate that water. Uh, you think? Uh, <laughs> it would not surprise me if the future of the NFL, that these players negotiate one-year contracts only just to be able to move around because they don't like their coach. It's not going to happen, but it wouldn't stun me if that's what they wanted because that's what the NIL does, and they want to be able to just move around and be fluid and, hey, you're not going to play me the way I want to. I'm not going to be stuck in this contract. I'm going to get out. They can get out now as it is. They don't really need that. So take the security. But like seriously, man, like this is this is the new NFL. It's not the new NFL. It's the new sports. Yeah, I've heard the term "new generation" more in this off season than I ever have before. Micah said it in his podcast. Someone was talking about mm-hmm. someone being a hard ass or something. He's like, "Nah, new generation," and uh, that worries me a little bit about Mike Zimmer cracking heads. It happens. In every job now, like every they 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 the, the new thing is no, we refuse to. We're not going to sit and wait. We are not going to sit and wait for our turn, and that's the way the younger generation acts. I mean, God bless them. I wish I could do that. I wish I had the balls to do that when I was twenty two. But is it really different? Like our parents would have said that about us and our generation. Of course, we're absolutely. soft and we sure. don't work as hard, and we come up with excuses. And do we all just say it, or is it like this actually like here? Like, that's why Bill Bell, Jay Glazer told us this. He said, you can't coach that way anymore. It doesn't work. These guys aren't going to deal with it. They're not going to put up with it. Yeah, I think that obviously everybody's, it's tough to put everybody in a in a specific box. Like, like you, you can't tell me that, like, Trayvon Diggs, I think, would repl- respond to this well. I think Trayvon Diggs likes that 
challenge. And I mean, he, he different. He played for Saban, right? Whereas I don't know. We we still have to see. Does, how does Micah respond to that? Does Micah respond to the you know the skull mm-hmm. cracking? Like you just mentioned there, him saying like new age and everything else. I think that, I think that it's a it's a good way to winnow out some of the issues on your defense that have caused you to collapse at the end. Like I think it's a good way to figure out like okay, where what kind of a player are you? What can you take? And I understand like what Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore sound like they're concerned about is just like. Yeah, okay, that works with some of us as veterans and other things, guys who who come from a different age. But the more that these young players come in and replace and they're used to having million-dollar checks as college football players and be able to transfer and jump around, that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot harder to to enforce. And I think that's also a bigger reason why you need to make sure that your scouting staff is on top of things and understanding what kind of people these players are. Yeah, and, like, you know, part of the thing with – you mentioned Diggs with, with Saban – you know, maybe he is, and I'm not just using him, like anybody who played for him, like, yeah, they've they've gone through that ringer, but now that they're pros, they may not want to deal with it. It's like, all right, I've already done that. I, I've already put up with that. I'm not doing that again. And now there are some guys who just be like, look, this is what I need. This is what I want for the rest of my career. And those are the players that will be able to deal with this much better. Oak State, 345, one of our top Tolos, wrote, Saban said it best when he said everyone wants to be great, but there's no shortcut to it. You don't get freedom if you want greatness. Eat, sleep, and breathe it. This generation is different. Is a cop-out for complacency. So that's Oak State talking about this next generation, new generation. That's all I keep hearing. But Brandon Cooks and Gilmore just said it. Belichick's too real. This is a new era. These guys can't take it. And then they threw in NIL as well. Yeah, and like you you had mentioned when Glazer said that basically, like, newer school guys don't feel like oh they, they he wants the best for me it's like he doesn't like me he, yeah. he's, he's he's coming after me he, <laughs> he must not like me very much I think that Zimmer has shown pretty consistently even over the last few years great example here that I use Everson Griffin who could not last three months here in Dallas things fell apart really quickly here Mike Zimmer did a good job maintaining Everson Griffin for seven years uh I think that when you look at the way that he takes a guy like Daniil Hunter, who Daniil Hunter was considered all ceiling, really low floor, coming from what some people consider an entitled program in LSU. He got the most out of him, brought it out, turned him into a pro. I think he's got such a long history of... There, there's nobody more entitled than the 90s Cowboys. Like, when you look over that he was part of that group, those White House Cowboys, and... Those guys all respect him. And I understand, again, it is a little bit of a different generation, but he was dealing with a lot of entitlement. He was dealing with Dion, A former Dallas Maverick who they wanted back puts all of us in a body bag while the Mavs with their new look team win their fifth straight game. That's next on 105.3 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Luka has a triple-double. There's rebound number 10 to go with 12 dimes and 19 points. Double on Luka. Clean up for three. Follow up with the call on Bally. Uh, I, I never thought they were going to lose. 
I never thought they were going to lose against Washington. I didn't realize Washington only had nine wins, but the Mavericks just too much good mojo in their favor with the new lineup starting. Starting P.J. Washington and starting Gafford, and they beat the Wizards by eight at the AAC. That's five straight wins for the Mavs. They scored 34 points in the fourth quarter. Luka with a triple-double. Jaden Hardy provided that spark, and Gafford, are you serious? This guy was 16, 17, and five blocks. How did more teams not go after him? I realize it was a first-round pick, but... Now, Bobby, you were the most optimistic to give you props when this news broke at the Super Bowl, saying that they now have a chance to win a first-round matchup. Uh, I think it was a 0-3 to you put them on a scale of 10. For championship, 0-3 to championship. Higher than that for a first-round victory. Oh, oh, oh. Championship. We can can roll it back. We can roll it back. We can roll back the tape. Convenient move. (laughs) I like the way you softened it there. (laughs) And that's sounding very likable with your brag. Had you seen Gafford play before, or you just went and looked at the numbers? No, I like I've just only seen him play in passing. Like it's not like a big like oh I did a big deep dive. I mean Ruben got me excited about him because Ruben was all like I've been studying guys that I wanted the Thunder to go trade for, and he was the guy that I was most excited about his size. But I think just in general, like when you watch the their lack of any legitimate big man, especially when Lively's out, like their inability to defend when Lively goes out, their inability to get rebounds consistently when Lively's out. I think it just it was like okay, give me somebody who's a consistent contributor, somebody who can test shots and and can actually you know box out and collect boards. Like I'm all in on that. And to me, it was always going to be like, what are you talking about as a first round pick? Pick 18. Like who are we? We're talking about Shane Larkin or whoever you're missing. If you if you sit there and take that I mean, pick, could have had Giannis in that draft. Yeah. The Shane Larkin draft. Yeah, was it? Yeah, that was what they chose. That what what the, has he done? What, that, what that was Giannis the one where they done? they were like, according to Donnie. He wanted Giannis, and they overruled. Did Giannis go after Larkin? Yeah, he yeah. twenty-two or something. Oh my god! So I, uh, I, I will say that one of the things that I'm really loving that's starting to slowly build a little bit. You're starting to see the chatter build. Is that Luca is now becoming defensive stopper? That's the word that everybody's jumping on now. Everybody's starting to jump on board the trade of Luca can play defense now. In fact, the uh, somebody tweeted out numbers yesterday. In terms of points per possession, Luca in league-wide ranks in the NBA this year, number one in post defense, number 10 in ISO defense, number five in spot-up defense. My big observation from him yesterday was just a lot less complaining. It felt like he didn't try to force too much yesterday, and I did not notice him crying and whining as much to the refs. Now, maybe they were facing sorry Washington, and he wasn't going to get as worked up over it, but I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. This is so peaceful. That Luca isn't going crazy and I'm getting, happy here. Yeah, I'm happy mm-hmm. here. Uh, Luca did sit down with JJ Redick for JJ's pod and was asked about his much talked about defense. I saw some stats. Somebody, one of my friends texted me. Some defensive stats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember really what it was, but in isolations against me, I was in good percentage. <laughs> I don't remember how much, but I saw it. Is that because you're taking more pride in trying more, or is that? Like, is it a concerted effort for you this year? Yeah, yeah. I think it's way more effort. Way more effort. He admitted that. Which, so, there you go. Which I think you see, right? Like, like you do mm-hmm. see that he's... Basic's been talking about this for a year. He's like, if you if you just insult Luka's defense, you're not watching him. If you, if you watch him on individual possessions, he does a nice job of sticking with his man and trying to challenge. Um, 
that's that's as of late, and there's Luke admitting it to JJ. Yeah, he's not just like, oh, okay, here, come into the paint. You can you can go ahead. Like, yes. I mean, there's there are some times where, like, I mean, there's some athletic limitations. Like, like to be sure. honest, like that that's part of it. But I, I will say that you know it's nice to see that the efforts there and the when you talk about that there was less complaining, I think it's also just. He seems genuinely happy, not just with the results so far. He seems genuinely happy with the moves they made. Like That's, I think, I think he likes these players. It's the sleeveless right sleeve. Kids are rocking that all over the place now, in town. Yeah. Basic is on fire on my phone. Gafford wasn't a first. PJ was a 2027 first. Uh, Giannis before Larkin. Mavs had the pick and traded down. Traded 13 to 17. Giannis, I think, was 15. But Mike is up, and he's just going. He is going yeah. after getting that Rangers TV news. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the Mavs Thank moved you, away from it. They moved. They moved down. There was a money issue that, you know, they didn't want to pay a certain number, and they moved down. It was. It was, it was just a nightmare. A what? nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> there you go. That sounded better. I think. All right. Let's talk about the former Maverick who they wanted back, Spencer Dinwiddie, signing with the Lakers. Spencer Dinwiddie is, by the way, which we found out this morning. Spencer Dinwiddie is getting a million-dollar bonus if the Lakers win the NBA championship. Spencer Dinwiddie, he he will not contribute a million dollars to the Lakers' run to the title if they wind up winning, but good for him for having that in there. I'm willing to put down some money, as a matter of fact. That they win it all? No. Uh, you know, I thought this was a dollar bonus. I think... I thought... It, I read one million. It had a one and the dollar sign, and then underneath it said million. There's zero chance it's a $1 bonus. I th- I thought it was a $1 bonus. I will tell you right now. Okay. Well, you already Lord. messed up the Giannis pick, so why should we trust you with the numbers? Um, Andy, I- Andy messed up the Cowboys' uh, man- man-to-man percentages on defense. Oh, what did? were they? 58%. Last year. Mm, and what did you say? I said it was like 45. I don't think that's right. I mean, I, I got a text earlier from Vegas. Uh, literally, Las Vegas texted me. And said, okay, well, Las Vegas, I'm going to look this up now just to, if, if we're going to circle back on things. Scott. Spencer Dinwiddie was asked, listen to this. It is a $1 bonus, it's, by the way. It's a $1 bonus. <laughs> $1? What, 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 that, that doesn't make sense. There you go. How are you getting a $1 bonus? Well, that's what we have the internet for. We'll read up on it after Dinwiddie tells us why he chose the Lakers instead of the Mavs. I'll give y'all something funny that I told, told my people because I'm fairly candid. Um, the two situations kind of felt like this, right? Let's say you were a kid, you got your ass whooped by the bully. That was been like your mom being like, it's okay, baby, don't worry about it. Lakers are like, your dad, now nah, you better go out there and, and fight till you win. You feel me? And I just felt like that was what I needed at the time. You feel me? So um, I'm a big believer in kind of doing what you need to do at whatever time it is. And so that's how I felt about it. Wow. We are the soft parent allowing you to do whatever you want. We're, we're, we're yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, really. Just patting you on the back. It's fine. It's okay. Go ahead, do your podcast. Go ahead, get your deals. And Spencer Dinwiddie giving it to us. Yeah, Mavs media, Mavs fans. Wow. Mavs players, Mavs teams. Basically called us all coddlers. Yes. Coddlers. Um, is he wrong? Um. Maybe not, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're talking about coddling, and you're going to the F and L.A. Lakers with LeBron. They're, like, I think that yep. there's a it's it's like calling the the it's very much calling the pot and the kettle situation. Very true, very true. They will they will they will coddle a little bit from the, from an organizational standpoint. I don't think the, I don't know if the fans will. Is that like, an organizational shot or is that a Luca shot? Like, is that a shot directly at Luca? No. 
Like they let Luca get away with anything? I, no, I'm just genuinely wondering, like, who else is he talking oh, about? I think he's talking about spotlight, limelight, criticism. I'll put up some money uh, since Spencer Dinwiddie wants to insult all of us and he thinks he made the right decision. Match his dollar. Uh, I'll match his dollar that the uh, the Dallas Mavericks finish with a better record than the L.A. Lakers. Oh. I, mean, I don't think that's a hot take. So go ahead, Spencer. A lot of talk. I'm going to do. I'm going to be a scorned lover here. All right? I'm going to act like I ne- didn't want anything to Never do with you. Never wanted you in the first place. And then when you pick someone else, I'm going to try to rip you apart and expose everything and release the photos. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of talk man. for a 12-point-a-game player. There's a lot of talk for someone uh, who sucks this year and has right. fallen off a cliff. This is going on the board. Oh, yeah. Ernie with the TNT board. Here we go. Mavs. So you're saying the Mavs will finish. Now, the Mavs currently have a three-game lead. Yeah, it's not a hot take. On the Lakers. So we'll just take it from here. Will the Mavs finish with more or less than a three-game lead, right? That's how you... Well, just who's going to finish higher in the West? That'll make it easier. Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks will finish with a better record than the L.A. Lakers. So uh, you can go ahead and um, not worry about getting your dollar bonus, which sounds like a dumb reason for the dollar bonus. This is Spencer's explanation. So on my last deal, there was a series of bonuses tied to winning and stuff like that. One of them being the dollar championship bonus. A lot of people thought it was kind of funny when I signed with the Wizards, but me and my agent basically made a deal that we were going to keep it in wherever I signed. Moving forward, it's kind of like a thing me and him bond over. Now that I'm actually on a team that has championship aspirations, people are like, why the hell would you do a dollar? But it has more to do with ties between me and my agent than anything monetary. That's so cute. That's so cute. Making dumbass business decisions because you and your agent, you guys are you guys are high five buddies. That's uh um, that's like kids use this term for it. it's uh cringe. That <laughs> sounds cringe to me to yeah. to talk like that. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's, a, it's a, a to it. It's a big ick. I'll tell you man, he was on fire yesterday with his quotes because here was my favorite. He is a yesterday. great interview. I hate that we didn't. <laughs> I would have loved to get a weekly with him while he was here. That was one of my big regrets. Here here's here's my favorite quote for Bib yesterday. Essentially talking about the Lakers, you're seeing a team that when everything is on the line, they rise to a level that no other team can get to. They won the in-season tournament. So he's pointing to the IST, as we call it. Us kids call it the IST. He's pointing to the IST, the in-season tournament. is like, look, championship pedigree. It's like that Mike McCarthy quote. We, we got championship pedigree. We just haven't won a championship yet, even yeah. though they won the bubble Man. one a couple years ago. Speaking of that in-season tournament, uh, with this Chiefs win over the Niners, somebody placed a bet at Caesars, five bucks. All right. Lakers in-season tournament win. Rangers World Series championship and the Chiefs to beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. Had to be everything was specific. No way. Five bucks turned into twelve thousand seven hundred forty-five dollars. Wow. Wow. Lakers, Rangers, and Chiefs over San Fran. Yeah, so Lakers in season tournament win, which they were not a favorite in that, right? They were there was they were the Rangers obviously were not a favorite to win. Um and then Chiefs over uh, Niners. So that, that was uh, R.J. Chappie tweeting us that. Just lay down twenty. Lay down twenty. You 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 could you could collect forty grand. I just feel like twelve thousand is not enough of a payoff for hitting something so so unique. The Mavs' new governor attending the game next to Cynthia Marshall. And Nico Harrison. Bobby, what did you find out about him? So he did his first interview the other day with the Dallas Morning News. And it's funny. I I think we've all had this idea of like, oh, okay, he's going to be a Ray Davis type, right? Like he'll just be 
a bank role. He's coming in here for business aspirations and everything else. Patrick Dumont. And that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. He talked about in this interview with the Dallas Morning News, like, hey, I've really wanted to get into the Dallas business scene for a while now. This is one that I've identified mm-hmm. that I wanted to work around. But, man, it does sound like he's going to be more involved than Ray Davis, less involved than Jerry Jones when it comes to actual decisions about this basketball team that he said he's working really closely with Nico Harrison. He was being kept like up to date throughout the entire trade deadline process. Nico was walking in explaining the process, what they were looking at, what they wanted to do, why they wanted to do it. And he still had to give his like rubber stamp. It was not like, well, Nico, you just do whatever's for your best. It's like, no, you got to come in here, step in here, explain this to me, why you want to do this. And then we'll figure it out, which I have respect for. I don't mind somebody having interest in how is mm-hmm. how is my business operating? What are the ideas here? But he is very involved in this. Nico Harrison had said to the Dallas Morning News, he said, part of being a servant leader is that you empower your team to do the right thing within the guidelines that you set forth. Yes, he definitely asks the right questions. He's inquisitive, but also is empowering me to make the right decisions for the franchise. But he's he's a big Nico Harrison fan, said that Nico's very talented, says it's been a pleasure to work with him, and he likes how he's constantly involving him. So this sounds like a guy who's going to be more involved than Ray Davis is. If you're uh, staying in a hotel, there's a chance you may be swimming in R.J. Choppy's body hair. Ew. And Bobby <laughs> told his therapist about my number one criticism of old Roberto. Let's see if she thinks I'm a genius because of better help. That's next on Sean and RJ 105.3 The Fam. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, Metroplex. Thanks for being a Tolo. Shout out to the 6 a.m. club, our best audience of the entire program. Sean Sharif, RJ Choppy, and our Cowboys insider, Bobby Belt. Got you down. And RJ Choppy with a lifestyle question and topic and maybe possibly guilt. Oh, no guilt at all. Uh, I just wanted to know. I was just posing this question, and, and I've, I fully am and in belief that it is it is not rude of me, but I thought I'd ask, just in case my uh, awareness is off, which oftentimes it can be. In the hotel in Vegas, I got out of the shower. I was getting into the shower. I took it upon myself to look in the mirror and check myself out. <laughs> Completely naked. Mm. And I was like, all right. A little hairy. All over. And I, you know, I don't like to do that at home because what happens at home, I do it at home, but I don't like to because what happens at home? You got to clean it up. Yeah. I got in a big debate with Amanda about this. Because you used to go in the backyard completely naked um, with the train flying by and neighbors in the background. They seemed a bit put up by it. Right. Sometimes, <laughs> once or twice, I've done, I've done it. I wouldn't say completely naked, but I'd go out there yeah. and you just want to shave into the wind. You know what I mean? Mm. Because how do you guys, when your sink is... Do you shave, if you if you shave over the sink, hair's everywhere. Hair's everywhere. So I'm like, all right, let me shave. I'll shave in the shower, my face. Mm-hmm. Shave in the shower. You got a mirror in there? I do not. That's a pain in the butt. Then you got to go back and forth, back and forth. So where do you shave? And then when the hair all builds up, how do you 
clean the pipes. Yeah, you, you got to unscrew the drain. You got to use a, a snake or you, know, you use the Drano, whatever, I guess. But, you buy the liquid. Yeah, the liquid Drano. Um, you know, my face, she got me this like... Uh, Beard like catcher. catcher. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a, a, a cape or a front like you would use it a, at a when you go get your Barber haircut. Barbershop or whatever, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it connects to the mirror, so it like catches everything. Does it work? Yeah, but then you gotta still got to dispose of it. And then what am I doing? Am I go outside? Dump it in the grass? Dump so, it down the toilet? Well, I know this is really gross, but like in the shower, when I shave in there and then take a shower, the hair like forms oh, around. Yeah, yeah So it doesn't go down the drain. No, you got to so waffle stomp it. Pick it up. What's that? Well, you know the drain looks like a waffle. You got to push it down. <laughs> oh no! I take a then I take a paper towel and pick it all up and throw it in the trash. Oh, okay. Makes Whenever sense. I shave yeah. in the shower, I feel good that I'm not clogging the shower pipes. But the sink, when I do it in the sink, then all of a sudden I got the water rising up. Yeah. I have uh, a buddy of mine had Peyton told wishes me. he could participate in this I discussion. Know. I know. Yeah, he was well, like that facial mustache. hair. I shaved a little mustache yesterday. So uh, I have a, a buddy of mine had told me what he did and i started doing this like a couple years ago and it's been perfect ever since you just go get one of those like uh glad trash bags like mm. one of those white ones and they tear right along the seam and you literally just lay it over the sink and then you fold it over and throw it away so that's an idea it, not, uh, i have I, it's worked perfectly ever since i, I don't did think it. i'm willing to waste an entire trash bag for a shave every time every time it's like twice a week Broke boy behavior yeah. over here. What's yeah. your cable uh, bill again? <laughs> your yeah, I, I, I can't walk outside naked to shave because the the complex will uh, call the cops on me. <laughs> you don't so. have it outside. <laughs> you pull, you pull, baby. So I was so I was sitting there and I was like, all right, so I'm just going to I did my chest and below that. But you made a conscious effort not to do it back here in your house. Yeah, I, I didn't think of it before I left. And then I was while I was there, I was like, well, shoot, I got to do it anyway. So might as well do it here. And not have to worry about cleaning it up. And yeah, okay. Is that a rude thing to do to make somebody else clean up your mess? Absolutely. And I'm comfortable with that. No. Because somebody else paid for the room. Not me. I, I, no issue, no problem with it. There, there's yeah. been times when I've thought to myself, I'm going to shave in this hotel room. Yeah. I'm going to shave here. I don't have to worry about cleaning the sink, you know, with every little microscopic hair. And I'll do it in the shower. It, I mean, is is that a rude move? You save the shave until you're on the road in a hotel somewhere else. I don't think so. I think it's completely fine. I was I was going to take it up a notch. I like Kristen brought the Clippers with us to Vegas. I was going to shave my head while we were out there. Ooh. And I just didn't end up doing it. I didn't have time. But I was going to like full on shave my head while we were at the hotel. Why? Uh, you wouldn't do it for Sandler's children's charity, and then you just decided not randomly with you're going to do it. Buzz it, like buzz it down. Like I tell, that's what I do. I usually buzz Shave it down it for charity. As soon as I start, as, as soon as I start seeing, whenever I wear the uh, the snapbacks, as soon as hair starts like sticking uh-huh. out of there, then I'm like, all right, it's time to shave it down again. And so I had noticed that last week, and just didn't have time to to do it while we were home. You guys comfortable and fine? You've had your girls shave your back or body or no. Okay. Never. No. And will never. No. No, that's weird. Really? No. <laughs> Even now, if we're a decade in or whatever, no. Wouldn't do it. Would you? You do it? Let her shave me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she'll help me out now if I can't reach certain spots. If I can't see. Like, if I can't see under my arms without getting in front of a mirror, I'll just lift them up and she'll get there. 
Pepe, no what, what's your shaving uh, technique and process? Um, so I'll, I'll shave over the sink. You know, when I need to trim the, I usually just shave whatever <laughs> I have on my, yeah, uh, whatever I have on my chin. But I usually put like a, a paper towel down or a towel in general. That way, it falls on it, and then I can depose, dispose it up there. Yeah, maybe so, an so old I, used towel. Yeah, I would think. I'm just telling you, the, the trash bag, you just mm-hmm. try the trash bag once, and I think you go like, this is a worthy use of the, the money I've spent on trash bags. Because it, it, it's immediately just, you literally tear at the seams on the side, you just fold it over and throw it away, and it's done. It's such an easy cleanup. How much are trash bags per box? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Come on, she shops. I don't do that. <laughs> I have a used bed. <laughs> like, how, how much, you think seven ninety nine? All right, so the uh, the ones we get, we get the, uh, the, the, uh, the Kirkland ones. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they're like, I don't know, 32 bucks on Amazon for for 200 of them. I, I, I honestly have, I was sitting there last night talking with Kristen about something with like meal prep or whatever. And I just kept having that. I was like, how much are eggs? Like how much is uh, a pound of ground turkey? How much is uh, our broccoli florets? And I just like, I have no idea. I have no concept for how much it because she always does it, and I just go like, okay, sure. I I just noticed that my bank account gets smaller every week. I was very very excited for this week's Bobby therapy session after our trip to Vegas and the Super Bowl because because I want to be validated. Well, you 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 love to be the star, and you were the star <laughs> of my therapy session, and yes. so uh, I it had come up. Uh, that what you, in fact, I'll let you you reset what your criticism was last week of me. All right, so my my big number one criticism of Bobby was that he's desperate, he's desperate for attention in social settings. Like he has to be, he has to let you know how much he drinks. He has to let you know that uh, he's going to be the most hammered. Mm-hmm. He has to stand up in front of everyone and chug it. Mm-hmm. He has to make a scene. Mm-hmm. He, he can't just sit and chill and sip. It's got to be, look at me, look at me. Oh, my God, you hear my words? I can't speak. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm slurring and stumbling. And I told him this after the Italian dinner that we had when I almost wanted to really Peyton choke him out. I was like, yeah, you just have a need for attention. Um, in social settings, especially with drinking, you have to. My joke is the funniest. I said this, and I mind this and that. My and jokes like, are the funniest. Just be secure. Just be secure. And I said it's an it's an insecurity. So that was my my big Vegas message to Roberto. So I I, loved I I presented this theory to her. And now, what was your initial first reaction to that? Because you seem pretty stunned. You seem um, stunned because you're. I think usually you're pretty self aware. Yes. About this. Yeah. I I feel he was like stunned in the car. Yeah, he uh, yeah, was. because it was uh, it, it's it, to me it's like surely I would have thought you would have defaulted to like I have a dependency on alcohol before a dependency on no, like no you don't have a dependency on alcohol you don't need no, alcohol. But I'm saying if you never had another drink of alcohol the rest of your life it would not surprise me at all you do it to Ooh, look cool if I never had another drink of alcohol the rest of my life I don't know that I would go out in social settings I think I would become Gavin Dawson. I think I think I would start to just be a recluse a little bit because the social settings naturally I don't and this is what came up in the discussion I don't naturally feel comfortable in large social outings so she had said like she was like well can you when I when I mentioned this to her she's like can you go out without having having a drink I was like yes I was like, but I need to like have my Adderall prescription, and if I'm not taking my Adderall, probably not. I'd rather be at home, is what I would do. I'd rather be uh, in the hotel room, watching Dateline, in in bed, <laughs> like cozy up with the air conditioner at 62. Um, but she had said, what was interesting was she's like, yeah, I guess uh, my my takeaway here, this theme that I'm seeing with you, is she's like, it feels like um, 
she didn't use this exact term. This is the one that I used because she's different personas is what she said. But she essentially said, I'm a social chameleon. And she said that she's like, I think different people all meet a different you and none of them are you. It sounds like from the way you describe your interactions. With oh, people. man, she went deep there. They all need a different you, and but you're not any of them. Uh, no, that's honestly, and she said, she said, so I think she's like, I don't know. It sounds completely possible that that version of you could like needs attention in that setting. She's like, it doesn't like, she's like, there are other settings where when you've described your thought process or other things, it doesn't sound like you need attention. It sounds like you don't want it. She's like, but in that situation, it sounds like you might. And she's like, so I, she's like, honestly, it sounds, she's like, what I want to dig into more is figuring out why you feel the need to apply different personalities to different situations. She's like, we all adapt to certain social situations to an extent. Yeah. It's just a thing. She's like, but yours feels very much more like self-preservation. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, okay. And so she dove, uh, she did say, uh, cause we've talked about this before. I, I say it all the time. You've brought it up in meetings before in, in our post-show meetings. You'll say, I love how little you care what people think about you, but care maybe just a little more. Yeah. Just a little more, <laughs> please. Um, she uh, thinks that that's the opposite is true. She told me, she's like, I think you care a whole lot what people think Whoa. about you. And you just pretend like you don't. In fact, she said, I think you uh, you put out this bravado yeah. and this exterior. She's like, so that uh, either you can just kind of. The one thing that does back that is whenever I tell you, oh, yeah, someone you know, said this about you or someone said that, you're dying to know. You won't leave me alone. I just want to know who it is. Okay, well, that that would speak to maybe caring about what other people think. So she said, "I." She said, "You put up a bravado." She's like, "Because then you can, uh, you can either behave whatever way you want and just say, hey, here's my fake persona.' And then also, uh, if people end up not liking you for it, she's like, then it's self fulfilling prophecy. You can go see nobody likes me. Told you, that's her thought process. What do you make so. of all this? He's Kevin Wendell Crumb. What? The movie Split. That, Never seen it. The James McAvoy movie where we had like 87 personalities and one of them was the Beast. Oh, oh, is that yeah, what it, I, I have not seen that movie. I need to see Crumb. that movie. See, but, I feel like your personality is pretty consistent with that's everyone. That's what I thought. And yes. that's why I was a little thrown off by it. Yeah. But she well, was. Look, she still doesn't really know you right. a ton. No, but I also feel like, and I had mentioned this to her, I was like, I'm going to turn this around for a second. Do you feel like I've been dishonest at all or lied throughout the, and she's like, no, she's like, I think you've been pretty direct. And so I was like, okay, good. I just want to make sure you didn't feel like I've, I've manipulated. And I do feel like I've tried to work to like, Hey, I'm going to be completely direct and honest and open about all of it. Yeah. You and can't so, lie to your therapist. You have to be honest. Otherwise it's, there's, it's pointless. Yeah, and so I think that, I mean, I think she does have a pretty, we're seven yeah. deep now. I think she's got a pretty good beat on, in general, nice. like, who I am. But obviously, she's only hearing my retelling of it, of, of the yeah. social situation. So she may feel like, based on your retelling, this is the case. Pepe, what do you think of all this? You, you, you know Bobby pretty well. Well, Bobby, he has no secrets. He tells you all everything. So it's it's like, yeah, that's his personality. Like, he wants you to know everything. He doesn't hold anything back. So, so like you said before, it's like a pick-me, pick-me kind of guy. But a I mean, pick-me? I, 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 wow. <laughs> what? A pick-me, Bobby. Hear, let's hear his assessment. Oh. But, 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 let's but hear, I, I, I love you, Bobby. You know? <laughs> I, I think he is, you know? He, he's, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. We got our turn for the rest of the show. <laughs> pick-me, Bobby. Pick-me. PMB. Yeah. Boy, he did you worse than Dinwiddie. Anything else? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll oh, the walk-off. Oh, wow. For Pepe. I'm, just for that, I'm going to I'm gonna tell everybody on the air what uh, you're doing for February. 
That's what I'm going to tell people. Oh, what you told us last oh, night. Oh, okay, don't say that. A Cowboys insider says don't believe that they're going all in, and a Sean and RJ Super Bowl guest destroys the number one pick in the NFL draft. Plus, changes coming to the most fun sports tournament and event there is in this country. That's all next on The Fan. 